Hey, folks, I know there are lots of business owners who listen to this show. Maybe some of you never planned on running a business, but now here you are. One thing you've always got to keep in mind is how much you're spending on your operating costs. That's one of the first things we had to keep in mind with WTF. And with things costing more today than they did when we started, you want to keep your expenses down. To reduce costs and headaches, be smart and use NetSuite by Oracle, bringing accounting, financial management, inventory, and HR into one platform and one source of truth. Reduce IT costs, cut the costs of maintaining multiple systems, improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform, slashing manual tasks and errors. By popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com slash WTF for more. That's netsuite, N-E-T-S-U-I-T-E dot com slash WTF. All right, let's do this. How are you, what the fuckers? What the fuck buddies? What the fucking ears? What the fuckadelics? What's happening? I'm Mark Marin. This is my podcast. Uh, welcome to it. It's called WTF. Have you been here before? Welcome back. How's the new year going? What day is it? Day Is it day four of the new year? Two days in. And uh, the guy who is, uh, you know, in charge of... Uh, planet maintenance just tweets out that he's got a bigger nuclear dick than the korean guy two days in what a fucking colossal global embarrassment we're living through make america great again how about make america irrelevant and sadly dumb again oh my god hey happy new year i hope you're i hope you're doing okay four days in uh today on the show tanahasi coates uh i will talk to tanahasi coates i loved his old book i like his new book i like his writing uh, i'd never met him before and uh it was very exciting to talk to him i i do want to tell you that it was before the uh it was before the uh uh the big uh the big uh deletion of his twitter account God bless him. What a hero. Anyone who deletes their Twitter account is a hero. So I didn't talk to him about that. It was before the whatever the before Cornell West uh, attacked the young buck uh, for intellectual differences that that seemed a little bit uh, uh, misguided. Uh, but uh, I out of anything that went on from what I can tell, it's just the the courage to get off fucking Twitter to to pull your name off the wall of that hellscape. God bless him. If you believe in that kind of stuff or good on you. Is that good on him? That's what I say. Also, you can hear in this interview that the, the, the roots of it, the, the, the movement towards the move that he made off of Twitter and, and, and out of the, the sort of um, public spotlight, the 24 seven public representation required of people who have a uh, public relevance uh you can hear the seeds of it in our conversation so that's coming up and also i, I finished watching darren aronofsky's mother all right yeah i never got so much shit 
you know, on this show. Really, I, I think there it was it was unprecedented, which is a word that should be one of the words of the year. They're doubling down, unprecedented, and getting ahead of it. Those uh, statements have been used more this year than ever I've ever heard last year. Unprecedented. Can we just switch that with that word when it comes to this administration? Unprecedented. Just say it was unprecedented or just say it was fucked up that this happened. In the modern lexicon, unprecedented means fucked up. That was fucked up. You mean unprecedented? Yeah. Yeah, fucked up. So, oh, but I got a lot of uh, a lot of pushback because I when I set up the Darren Aronofsky interview, I told I, I promised him that I would finish the movie by the time I posted the interview, and I didn't because I didn't have fucking time. But I finished it. I watched the whole goddamn thing from the beginning again, straight through, and I don't know what happened to me. I do not know what happened to me by exposing myself to that film. Something happened, something came at me, something fucked with my head, but I'm not sure exactly what it was. And I don't know that it would have been necessarily relevant to the conversation without spoilers. Maybe I would ask him about some nuanced things, some little things in it, and watching it straight through, all the way through without stopping or pausing it, on a relatively big screen, uh, having watched part of it, and then rewatched that part again, and having knowing that it's an allegory, though I'm not great with allegories. It was a fairly complicated allegory. And all I can say is it it does seem to be, uh, I don't want to simplify it, but yeah, relationships can suck sometimes. And it's uh, 90% of the time, it's the dude's fault. (laughs) I I don't know if that number's right. And I'm sure that's not the allegory that uh, Mr. Aronofsky was looking for. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. relationships can be difficult is that what mother's about is that is that did i miss something is it really just about uh you know don't date an artist is that the allegory was that is that is that what mother's about because if you simplify it it's sort of like hey this is you know make sure you notice the red flags you know when your floors are bleeding and uh he's not paying attention to you and he's let an entire he's let a thousand strangers into the house uh you know, don't don't let it go too far. <laughs> Be careful when they're having public executions in your living room that uh, maybe it's not good to uh, to date a poet. There you go. See, now even that could be seen as a spoiler, but I don't know how many of you are going to see it, but that, that shouldn't be a spoiler. There's no way to spoil the movie, Mother, because it's so fucking out there. And I didn't think it was a bad movie. A lot of people were mad. They were viscerally mad at the at the film Mother, and I I, do, I wasn't. I thought it was a very ambitious, a very big film, a, a very you know visually uh, stunning and exciting movie to watch uh, all the way through. Uh, and you know, if you have any sort of experience with uh, experimental theater or experimental film it shouldn't have been that jarring for you in the sense of like hey what's going on here it's like well just shut up you know sometimes you got to let art flow over you as uh, William Hurt's character said in the big chill I'm paraphrasing you just have to you know let it happen as I said it was very complicated and and so many little elements seemed to be very deliberate there was nothing in that film that wasn't deliberate all the way down to you know anything that happened. There was a. It didn't seem like that there was any room for spontaneity, even though there seemed to be a tremendous amount of room for chaos. But it just seemed that everything was loaded up. So on that level, 
I think you could get aggravated in that. What could that mean? How do I decode this? So you got to watch that thing. But I'm going to have to maybe talk to Darren privately to figure out just exactly, you know, why the floor had a bloody hole in it so many times. And, we, you know, what was up with that? Was it ghosts? Were there ghosts? Was it something that's always happened in, in, you know, in setting up a home? Is there like there's so many provocative things that, you know, I don't know. I have to assume that he knew what they meant in order to put them in there so intentionally. But uh, I will not dismiss it. I and I will I, I take issue, I think, with people that just the outwardly dismissed the film Mother. It's a it's a stunning f- film. It's a bold film. It um it's a it's a brain fucker. And I think if you're you're looking to make sense, if you're looking for it to make sense, you're going in with the wrong expectation. So there, I watched it. Uh, if 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 Darren Aronofsky is not mad at me for not having watched it when I set him up on this show, then I will talk to him about it and I'll get back to you. I'll get back to you about what we talked about. So this morning, I'd like to say that um, I don't know what to tell you, man. You know, East Coast, you know, we got, you know, our state, I think, is still on fire. And it seems like some of you guys are you might get frozen. And that's not even a joke. I don't even mean to tinge that with a tone of silliness. It's fucking going to be crazy the next few days on the East Coast. And uh, be careful. Do not get frostbite on your face just because you went out to get the mail. Holy shit. Holy shit. Yeah, let's just deregulate everything and let the plundering begin because clearly there's no planetary problems. <laughs> Some guy's going to freeze on his way to his car. Some guy is going to be scraping his windshield and just, they're going to find him frozen, scraping his windshield. But no, it's, uh, you know, this is normal. This is normal. This is a part of a cycle. Hannity says it's a, it's a cycle. Happens every, every once in a while. It was cold, once as cold before, one time. And he says it's all right. Hannity says. That's my new hook. Fuck it. All right, so I have Tanasi Coates here, uh, a conversation I had with him. And as I said earlier on, this was uh, this was uh, this conversation was had before he took the uh, beautifully courageous move of uh, ejecting from uh, the Twitter hellscape. Uh, so this is me talking to Tanahasi Coates. His new book is called "We Were Eight Years in Power: An American Tragedy." It's a collection of essays written over the course of the Obama presidency. And the first year of the Trump administration. You know, I'm enjoying reading the new book. I've not gotten all the way through it, but I loved uh, Between the World and Me. It just it, it it just opened my mind up to to an empathy that I couldn't have understood because uh, there was no way for me to know, you know, personally. And I talked to him about that, but I I thought that was a beautifully poetic book. So this is a uh, me and Tanahasi Coates. Here in the- Sometimes I wish I paid more attention in school, or in some cases, any attention at all. There are probably a lot of things I could have gotten more out of, like literature, and now it's probably not in the cards to go back to school and study the classics. But luckily for us, there's a new podcast called The Foxed Page that dives deep into the best books of all time. This is basically like the best possible college English class, but more relaxed and fun. No pressure of grades or needing to prepare something 
to say in class. It's only the books you want to read and know about presented by best-selling author Kimberly Ford. Everything from Cormac McCarthy to Madame Bovary, from classics like Frankenstein to modern hits like Lessons in Chemistry. I love Ireland, but I missed the boat on James Joyce. The Fox page has a three-part series on Dubliners, and that's a pretty great starting point. Want to get the most out of what you read? The Fox page is for you. Get it now wherever you get your podcasts. Garage. Yeah, I, I uh, that's how I started interviewing people, out of pure desperation and need to, uh, to do something with my life. Huh. Yeah, why, are you looking into it? No, <laughs> no. I, I um one of the um unfortunate things about uh, the kind of career transition I've had from uh from journalist to whatever the fuck this is right now. <laughs> um, what 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 well, what what is it? I don't know. You don't, I don't, you don't know, know. But I, I used to ask all the questions. People didn't uh, ask me questions. I used to ask all the questions. Right. And I'm, I, I liked that a lot. It's, yeah, it's a better position to be in. It is a much better position to be in. Yeah, because then you, you don't have to repeat yourself. Nope. Uh, you don't have to feel like uh, there's a lot in the balance. You're always learning things. Right. You know, uh, about your, it's good. But the one thing about talking to people about yourself is occasionally you come upon something like, oh, I, I didn't, I'd forgotten true. about that. That is true. No, that does happen. But the person has to be good. You know, most of the time, yeah. That's right. <sighs> yeah, but you, like you think out loud, but like I can tell from reading your work, you know, you're, you're a very poetic and thoughtful writer that you work out a lot of this stuff on the page. I do. Right. I you know, I can see it. Yeah. But when you talk, for me, I'm the opposite. Like if I talk, you get me talking. Then I'll have moments where I'm like, "Oh, that's that's pretty good." Yeah, that happens remember. occasionally. That happens occasionally. We think it through in conversation. Yeah, 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 yeah. But mostly, no. For me, it's the page. You're right. Well, that's the relationship, right? Yeah, that doesn't happen in comedy, does it? What that? Uh, like you hit upon something on stage. Oh, all the time. That's why. Well, that's how I do it. Uh-huh. You know, that's the only way I can do it. It's in what I've grown to realize about it. Because some dudes write jokes. Some right. dudes write bits. Right. But I, I, I almost need to, I go up there with an idea that I know is funny, but I don't know how it becomes funnier. So if I go up with the idea that's funny enough, then maybe in that moment where I'm like, shit, you know, I got to make it, like that moment where you're like, where can I take it one step funnier? It has to be delivered to me up there. Almost like I corner myself. Got it. To get out of that. Got it. To, for that moment. And you don't know what it's going to be, but that's how, you know, you got, the brain will take it. I, so you're not writing it down. Well, I, I do it through memory, you know, I, I do it through repetition. Yeah, so like, you know, it's sort of like, I, I don't know why I do it that way, but I write my, I wrote my books like that and I'm, I'm not really a writer, but it mm-hmm. starts with, and I worked with Christopher Jackson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. That's my man. He's a great yeah. guy. Yeah. He, I, he, like he, if, if I hadn't had him for the last book and I don't like to write books, I didn't want to write the last mm-hmm. book, but attempting normal is that I, you know, I, I, they wanted 60,000 words. I had a bunch of transcripts of things I'd said. Yeah. I'd put some some essays together. It was a, a hodgepodge of shit. And I'm like, here's 90. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I think he's, he does that, though. He's pulling something together from Prince, I believe. Oh, really? Yeah, for for really? Of, it's like, you know, Prince died. Like, Prince was going to write a book. I heard he, that. I heard he's dead. Right. He died. <laughs> but he left all of this stuff. And oh, really? Yeah, they still want to do the book, so... 
I think that it's it's rare to find an editor that does that kind of work, that does real editing, that I you know what I would do build editing. a relationship with It's them. hard to get that across to people because, and I have begun to suspect, like I remember I used to listen to uh, people do, like, you know, like say at the Academy Awards, right? Right. And you wait up to see best picture. Yeah. And whoever wins, and then there are a bunch of people on stage and you have no idea who they are. Right. And they thank all of these people in yeah. the business who say, I could not have done it without this person. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, fuck are you talking about? You're the thing. Yeah. But they're not the thing. Like now I, I can see. And so it's and it's tough to convey uh uh like when you're working with somebody who's not in the spotlight, like yeah. how much they did. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's a, it's an interesting uh, <laughs> it's an interesting moment mm-hmm. where you know in your heart that someone deserves twenty five percent, right, forty percent, right, right, of right. the credit, right. From, That's so true. <laughs> and, and That's so true. And, and a lot of times they'll let you off the hook. They're mm-hmm. like, "That's my job. I don't need this." Well, see, Chris doesn't want credit, right? He don't well, see, and that's right. one of the things he's going through right now. Like I think what's happening is people are beginning to figure it out because it's not just me; it's like all these other people, right? Yeah. Who, and it's like, huh? Maybe we should. Be, and so now people are looking to him, uh-huh. um, and uh, that bothers him. <laughs> it bothers him a little bit. The people actually can see now. Like there's some people who like, like they like the shot. Like yeah. I would be like, if I were him, don't talk yeah. about me. I don't want to. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't want, because there are things that come with that, right? Yeah. You know, it's not sure. just credit. That's right. not the only thing that comes with it. And then like it could backfire. Then all of a sudden people start dismissing the genius that- uh, That's that- true. <laughs> That's you know, true. it ain't really that guy. Right, right, It's right, that right, guy right, who didn't right, want right. any credit. Man, you know, I would take that right now. <laughs> I would take that. He would not take that. I would take that right now. You need a rest? Yeah, I would take <laughs> it in a minute. I said, yeah, it was all him. <laughs> well, I mean, it's, it's, it, but that, that relationship is, well, how, did, how does it work with you guys? I mean, it, yeah, I mean, cause you put together, did you put together all, is all of the books with him? Mm-hmm. All three of them are with him. Oh, really? And I mean, he is, uh, in every case he was there from inception, it has never been a case, uh, where I was like, here's a book. So you had like you had the deal in place, and then you sat down to talk with him about how you were going to put together. Before we had the deal in place, in fact. So oh yeah. The first first thing I I started with Chris in two thousand and I had two three something like that. And from where? How did he know you from the Atlantic? From he, well, the- no, it was way way before that. It's oh. crazy. It's been a long time, man. He um, I got an agent. Yeah. In in New York, and the agent said to me, "This guy Chris Jackson," and this was probably like two thousand and one. So he wasn't even at where at, uh, no, at the random house. No, around. no, uh-uh, nope. I don't. I don't know. I guess he would have been crowned. Oh, really? And this is like I don't know, sixteen, seventeen years ago. Are you guys about the same age, or is he uh, older? Yeah, slightly older. Yeah, not, yeah. not much, but a few years older. Right. So he was still a relatively young editor at that time, and um, she said, you know, you should meet this guy, and you should also write a, a book proposal. So I wrote a book proposal for a dumb idea. What was that? Oh, I'm embarrassed to say. Come on, do it. It's early so days. I, I grew up and I had um I was like enthralled with these guys like Peter Garalnik. You ever read him? Sure, the music writer. Yeah, music yeah. writer. And he wrote, did this book, Sweet Soul Music, and I I, I love those histories of you know he's one oh, yeah, of he histories of music. He did Elvis. He did he Elvis. Did, did he yeah. do the Robert Johnson book too? He might have. He might have done Robert Johnson too. A smaller book. The yeah. Elvis book's like a massive book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it might be two volumes. Yeah, may. It might be two volumes. <laughs> I think he has a lot of Elvis. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah, yeah. Two volumes. If it's the so he wrote a book about. Uh, he wrote a soul music book. Yeah. It's incredible. This book, sweet soul music, that I really loved. Uh-huh. And you know, there are other people who've done books like that. This dude Robert Palmer. This book, Deep Blues, that I right. love. Um, 
and I wanted to do something like that. I, that was like a huge influence on me. At the time, I was writing a lot about music. music. Yeah. So I wanted to do something like that for hip hop. And I, you know, wrote a, right. a proposal for it, which wasn't very good. And I was not capable as a writer of doing it at the time. It's a lot to manage. A it's history. A lot. It's a lot. And Chris yeah. knew it, so he declined it along with everybody else. Ooh. But Gloria was like, but you still should meet this guy. And at yeah. this point, I was like struggling. I had no. How old were you? Uh, I would have been 26, 27, something like that. So this is, uh, you You were, you, you didn't have, you weren't, what were you doing? Uh, I was freelance writing and if I made $5,000 a year, that was a great year. So you were really, you didn't know what you were going to do? No, 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 no. I mean, I, all I had was writing. That was all I knew how yeah, to do. Right. You know, I dropped out of college. I had a, a one-year-old son and I had a wife who basically was my, you know, my girlfriend at the time, but uh -huh. um, she was working and making most of the money and uh -huh. I, I had no ability to contribute anything really in terms of finances so you didn't feel great i felt horrible <laughs> yeah. I felt horrible man yeah, well, how are you gonna turn this around i you know i want to i often want to like write about like what happens when people come to new york uh -huh. to strike it big or to you know see their dreams and that first year when new york just runs over you and you got to get it figured out and that is an ugly period yeah I, it's a it, if anyone goes anywhere, to, mm -hmm. you know, like whatever that, because you know, it's here too, you know, LA too, mm -hmm. right? You know, not, not many people are going to St. Louis. Yeah. <laughs> Baltimore, yeah, yeah. From, yeah. yeah, right. I'm going to yeah. make it, I, I'm going to make I'm it big make in St. Louis. Yeah. But, but yeah, because you don't know what you're looking for. You don't know how it works. Right. If you're, and if you're going in blind, really, right. with one guy's phone number, right. you don't know what that means. Right. And you, you're hanging everything on that phone right. number. Right, right, right. Right. And, and that get, was how it was. <laughs> Right. That was how I was. That was how I came in. And so we, um, so I, you know, she you know, after the proposal got declined, you know, and I was like, geez, I don't know what I'm going to do. And she was like, you know, you should, you should sit and talk with him though. Like, yeah. Y'all should meet him. I, mean, right. I know he said no, yeah. but you should actually sit and talk with him. Um, so we did, we had lunch and I started talking about my dad and he said, well, you know, there might be a book there. And that eventually, years later, became my first book, Beautiful Struggle. Right. And, you know, we put a lot of work into that. Um, so that, the, that relationship became like a friendship and an editorial yeah, relationship. Because yeah, I mean, yeah, that was yeah, like, yeah. what, four years putting that book together? Yeah, basically. And from, you know, idea to proposal. And writing a proposal was the hardest thing in the, the world. It's the worst. My God. Oh, it was terrible. Terrible. What do you what would you have to do? Pitch the book, then write a chapter or two? It was writing the chapter that was hard because and that was such at a crucial point in my life because I could hear the writer I wanted it to become. And I knew what it sounded like and I could not do it. What did it sound like? It sounded a lot like I am now. Mm -hmm. Honestly. It sounded a lot like Between the World and Me. It didn't even sound like Beautiful Struggle. It sounded a lot like Between the World and so Me. So it's sort of a, 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 an incisive mixture of, of reporting and poetry. And I knew that. And I knew yeah. that. And I knew that. I had, you know, been, I had been a reporter early on while I was in college. I had, you know, been a poet early on. I was thinking about getting my MFA in poetry. Yeah. Um, I loved history. All of that was in there. Yeah. Um, I knew that I wanted to be able to pull from all sorts of, from pop culture to wherever. Yeah. You know, I wanted to be able to pull on whatever I thought was interesting. And it just wasn't <laughs> meshing, and I was trying to write it. And so I, and this is the thing, I always tell young writers that I know it may not be where um, you want it to be, but you have to do the thing anyway. You have to put it on the page. You have to go through that frustration. Sure. And even if it's not quite measuring up, like you gotta turn it in, you gotta you gotta send it. Not, you must. You, you must. gotta finish it. Yeah, you got you gotta finish. You gotta do the best you can, and then 
And when I turned it was the best I could. I didn't like it at all. Your first uh, book. First book. Well, what, what was well, it? That first chapter. Yeah. Oh, the first, for, first the proposal. for the proposal. So, wait, but usually when when you're in that mode and you're, you're you got that opportunity and you and you want to write a certain way, but you're not writing a certain way, did you find yourself writing like somebody else? Could you identify what was happening on the page? You had a change. No. You just didn't feel it. I just didn't. I just didn't feel it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I just didn't feel it. And. But you know what I did? So, I, but I got the contract somehow. Anyway, yeah, you know, he right. said, "Okay, yeah, yeah, I think this works." And I got the contract. And when I went to write the book, um, I reread the first chapter of El Doctoro's Ragtime. Really? Yeah. And I was like, I think it's kind of like this. That was the book. Yeah. That was the model. Yeah. And and Ragtime begins with him just talking about where his family, the, the character's family, lived. You know, in New Jersey. And I tried to do that about West Baltimore. Like I just said, okay, I'm just gonna write. Here's where I live. Right, and I'm that just... was from the point of view of the piano player. Who? who, uh, who no, it's uh, it's not clear who's talking. Right, <laughs> it's not clear who the narrator right. is. But it's the, it starts with the family, little brother. Right, you know, younger yeah, yeah. brother, da da da. You know, mother, father. It just starts with different. So I said, okay, I'm just gonna start with. You know, uh, I grew up, and when I was nine years nine years old, I lived in this house, West Baltimore, da da. And I'm just gonna do that. And I was like, oh, that feels easy. But of course, as it happens, whenever something, that's not the actual beginning, though. So I did that, and that got me writing. Yeah. But what happened was I wrote my way into the beginning, and then right. ended up lopping all of that off. Off, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But oh, you yeah. need that. You sure. Know yeah, I mean? You, you, know, you, you got to get yourself into the environment, get right. yourself into the place again, right. and then all of a sudden, you, as you move through the words, you're like, oh, there's the beginning. Yeah, yeah. And that's yeah. what happened. And yeah. that happens so much. Yeah. But The discovery. But you don't know it when you're young and so you think you're wasting your time you know but you're not and also i think when you're young some part of you thinks of it as a business that's right right and you know like you know there's money i'm gonna yeah i gotta make a book that sells books and you know you don't it's a i think there's two kinds of people they go into it like that or they go into it like well i'm an artist and i'm never gonna you know what i mean like you're not gonna get me or they but that's a different world really i mean my buddy's a a novelist Uh and that's you know it's a whole different racket yeah in in a way than reporting or memoir or essays i um was prepared for this book to fail, which it did. Um, but I Most really, really wanted do. to succeed. Most books do, man. <laughs> it's a tough racket. That's that's what it is. What it is. Yeah, you it know, is. it is what it is. So I, I was I was prepared for this to do nothing. The yeah. first book. The first book. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wasn't hugely disappointed. Right. When it didn't. Well, that's good because, like, if you don't feel like you were where you needed to be, fuck it. If it, that's you the know, other thing, you know, like it's like, all right, it's out there. You yeah, know, I, 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 you know, I'm not ashamed of it. Yeah, no, no, I was. Could do better. I could do better. Right, and I got to yeah, practice yeah, in. I've been yeah. through the thing. Yeah. You know? I think what it did though was it gave me like um, legitimacy. Or yeah. You write a book and suddenly you're now oh, sure, something. Right. Yeah, yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, you got a hardback and then you got a paperback. There you go. And then they offer you the f- t- thousand hardbacks they can't sell before right, exactly. they throw them in the garbage. And that's garbage. what happened. That's exactly what happened. <laughs> you got any, you got, you want a thousand hardbacks? Yeah, why don't you stick those in your garage? A buck a piece, you yeah, want them? That's exactly what happened. Did that's you exactly take them? What ha- I did take them. <laughs> I did take them. <laughs> yeah, I sure enough took them. You got- I was proud of that book, man. Even though it did nothing, like I was like, wow. You know, and I was proud of myself actually having written a book. Like I was like, I, I could actually do this but but did that book must have put your 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 sense of self in perspective i mean that was the type of book that it was it made me i think before then before that book yeah i was dogged by this persistent feeling that i was destined for failure and i i just i couldn't do anything like i had no ability to match 
skills. See, I grew up in this household and really in this neighborhood where it was felt that there was no model really for somebody screwing up in school dropping out of college and then becoming something yeah unless you're like a basketball player or like a entertainer rapper or something like that there's no model for oh oh, so the the idea of like actually getting to college and then putting the time in right and then bailing no it's like this didn't add no No. it doesn't happen no there was no model for that (laughs) you know what i mean you you were the uh, the you were the precedent i was i was i was and it scared the hell out of my parents and it scared the hell out of me because they didn't know why you didn't finish school no they thought and and not only did they not know, but they knew why I didn't finish school because they had been struggling with me all those years before. But I think, like, it just, you know, when, when you're black and from Baltimore in that period of time. 80s? Yeah, 80s and early 90s. And people just get lost. And horrible things happen to people who don't do good at school. Yeah. Awful, awful things. And so. Because the the streets and the it. it just takes That's you it. in, and it's just lack of opportunity. You know, yeah, I mean? it's just what sure, else? What right. else you gonna end up doing? Yeah, you know? what's the, uh, yeah? You can find a hustle, right? 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 Yeah. And so, um, so they were worried about you. They were worried. They were worried. Now, by that point, by the book came, by the time the book came out, that was not gonna happen. But, but, right? But I mean, but but like by the by the time you get through four years of college, how many did you do? Man, I think I was in and out of college for like six years. So, like, the, I mean, the idea that you were going to come back to the neighborhood and start selling crack was not. No, I wasn't going to do that. <laughs> that wasn't going to happen. I wasn't going to do that. Yeah. But then now you enter into just the sort of disasters that happen to adults, period. Right. You know, maybe you'll right. become an alcoholic. Maybe you'll become a right. drug addict. Or a maybe shitty job. You know, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. I mean, when I came to New York, I was delivering food. Yeah, but the alcohol and drug addict, that would have revealed itself before. I guess it would have. Yeah, you would. I you, guess it would. Have. You weren't destined for that. You just thought yeah. you were destined for failure. Yeah. Sadness. Yeah, a yeah. lot of sadness. The the guy who uh, you know who just you know has is delivering food and right. he's, in his right. heart he knows he's a genius. Mm-hmm. That's the worst character. But here's the thing is I didn't know I was a genius. Like I didn't have that. <laughs> I didn't even have that. But you know what was cool about that? The cool thing yeah. was I developed a self esteem out of a couple of really really hard things i knew i was a good father and i knew i was a good partner so i knew i was very very good those are important things yeah yeah to those two people in my life but i didn't understand that like how see there's like when we think about lying to people yeah. or not being good to people we think about the harm we do to them but we don't think about the harm we do to ourselves like we're telling ourselves who we are yeah you know, and if you lie to people repeatedly, you can often find it hard to actually trust yourself. <laughs> right. Oh, oh, like, am I, uh, trust yourself in like, the sense that's that- That's who I am. I'm a right. liar. Right. I'm a liar. That's, right. that's what I do. So right. if I, you know, this becomes crucial when it becomes time to make promises to yourself. Right. And also, like, when you live in that, you've insulated yourself into a bunch of relationships that aren't founded in reality. That's right. That's right. So you're that's sort exactly of floating. It. That's exactly it. That's exactly. So I wasn't floating. Good. I wasn't. I wasn't. It's I grounded. Yeah. I wasn't. I didn't have much, you know, in terms of money, finances, that. But I was. I was. You know, I had, you know, a, a pretty clear relationship, you know, uh, with my wife. I had a pretty clear relationship with my son. And those are rewarding things, and and they are. And, and substantial and nurturing and they good, are. good for the heart and mind. They are. They are. They are. Yeah. And it became crucial much much later when you know i actually did have you know some amount of success yeah uh because i, I knew who i was right you know i knew, i was very very clear on who i was yeah yeah um yeah so the, and that 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 stops you from getting away from yourself it's true 
It's true. It's true. I mean, I you know, and I've said this a couple times in interviews, but after really after Between the World and Me, I had a new appreciation for athletes and entertainers. Yeah, <laughs> because for so many of them, it happens young, and you know, I got point oh 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 one percent. Yeah, of what those guys get. Yeah, and it was a struggle for me. And had I not had that foundation. And had I been, say, 20, 21, I have no idea who I would have been. Yeah. I have no idea who I No, sometimes been. it's good to take the hits and then, uh, you know, get it when you can handle it. <sighs> yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, I got it when I was in my mid-40s. Uh-huh. <laughs> and then, like, and how would you have handled it at 21? It wouldn't have been good because I was fundamentally insecure. So I don't mm-hmm. really know, mm-hmm. you know, what would have happened or whether I was really ready for anything. Mm-hmm. You, you know, like, I've seen it happen to people. You know, a lot of people get it too early. They go up and then they go down and then they disappear or they fight it out and they come back mm-hmm. later. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I mean, I remember when like Bill Burr, Kevin Hart, mm-hmm. like they got it and then it didn't happen mm-hmm. and then they had to go back mm-hmm. and then they had to come back again right. and work. I don't know if I had the come back again thing. Yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I know exactly <laughs> what you mean. But uh, it sort of was a very slow build and it happened in a very unorthodox way. Yeah. But when did you... When did the writing start? You, you really, when did you start getting consumed with that? How old were you? I always, I mean, for as long as I can remember. I so when you were a little kid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, uh, I probably learned to read when I was like four. Is that normal or is that good? Uh, I've decided that it doesn't much matter because uh, my <laughs> son learned to read much later. He actually learned to read when he was seven. So you're not going to take any points for... No, okay. no, no. And he reads much quicker than I do. Yeah. You know, he learned later. <laughs> yeah. You know, he's yeah. a much better reader. Um, So I don't think it means... It only means something in the sense that in terms of like memory, like my memory of myself is always of someone reading. Well, maybe there was an urgency to it. Yeah, maybe so. I mean, I, I grew up in this household where that was really important. Yeah. You know, uh, where reading and literacy was like a big, big deal. Oh, because your old man was a, uh, he had a, a, a press, right? <laughs> yeah, he, he did. He did, he did. And he was, a, uh, you know, at that point, he was a research librarian. And he had been reading for as long as he could remember, uh-huh. you know. And so, and my mom was a teacher. And so, obviously, it was important. There. What grade did she teach? She taught special ed. And so, a lot of times, there would be like combinations of, you know, different levels of students. Uh-huh. You know, um, but she was, they both were just really, really huge in terms of, you know, like, gotta, gotta read, gotta read. And the good thing about my, my household was they weren't dismissive of reading weird things. Like, so it wasn't like, oh, comic books are not real books. <laughs> yeah. Like, I didn't grow up with that. Yeah. You know, or you're reading, I read a lot of fantasy when I was a kid. You're, you know, that's not real. You need to go read this. Oh, yeah? You were like a fantasy kid? I was. I yeah. was. I was. <laughs> comic yeah. books? Yeah, all of yeah. that stuff, man. I, I loved that stuff as a kid. Like full on, like you're like a full on nerd guy. I was, I was, except I wasn't because I didn't know what that was. Well, no one knew what it was then. I didn't know but, what I that mean, was. Like in that, that didn't have. A, in retrospect, that's what yeah, I was. Right. But there was no group of people like that. Well, yeah, you know what I mean. Like, there was no, and I liked everything else. Everybody else, like I liked basketball. I sure. liked like I didn't like hate sports or anything. So I didn't really have a. It was right. only later when people put a name on it. That's well, like, oh, no, yeah, right, that but, but it, well, back in the day, you had to find those three guys. Yes. They're the two guys. Yes, 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 and yes. It was like they, they used to be a small huddle. Yeah, yeah, It was yeah, before yeah, yeah. it was like a, a, a way of being that was ex- like uh, sellable and acceptable. Well, so for me, it was even worse because there was no one at my school. Well, you know, it's different, though, because like comic, there were a lot of kids that liked comic books. A sure, lot. sure. There were a lot of young boys that liked yeah, comic books. Yeah. So that was not... So isolated. In terms of fantasy, it was like my older brother 
and that was it. But okay, it was like this is a weird thing that we're into. And your older brother was into it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, my older brother Malik. Yeah. How many brothers sisters you have? I have uh, six total. Uh six total. You know, I got uh, four brothers, two sisters. Yeah, and you have good relationships with everybody. Yeah, um, and considerably better than it probably should be on paper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Why is that? <laughs> well, it's four different mothers, yeah. man. I mean, so I, that you would think that would just be the seeds of all sorts of bad shit. But how know? did how did you grow up? Like, were, were, I grew up. Um, so I, like I grew with, up with, with. Were they everyone around? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, yeah. I grew I grew up in um with my mom and my dad. <laughs> yeah. Um, and they had different mothers, but they would come live there at different points. The other kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So uh, everyone's coming through. That's yeah. that's exactly and the way it worked is if you fucked up at your mom's house you had to come live with my dad that was i'm sending you to your dad's so he accepted the responsibility oh that was like uh who he was yeah that was like his essence that was his identity oh yeah yeah you know he, i was talking to him one time you know so he comes out you know he was in the panther party and you know he had all these you know sort of radical associates and so folks you know coming out of 60s would do things like you know disappear from the country and be gone for like 20 years he was talking about this one guy he had gone to zimbabwe or whatever i don't know yeah he had gone. right and the guy had a kid here yeah. that he didn't see for like 18 years. And so I, I said to dad, you know, who had had his own troubles. I said, could that ever have been you? He said, no, nah, I had to see my kids. Yeah. I had to see my kids. Uh-huh. You know, I just don't have that. Whatever that is that right. allows you to be a part, I, I don't have that. So no, it was his kids were a huge part of his identity. Oh, so um, so everybody was always around or he was going out to see them or were they, everyone in the neighborhood? To him, I think if it were up to him. And he had had the space. He would have had them all at the house. Yeah, with the women, with the mothers. <laughs> Probably so with the mothers. <laughs> Probably so. <laughs> a big commune. Yeah, but it was never a thing where it was like, oh shit, I got to deal with my son. Right. Like, that was not him. Well, that's maybe where you picked it up. Probably so. Right. Yeah, probably so. I mean, I, I, what I got from him was. I mean, it's not even so much that it was a privilege. It was like a defining part of who you are. Yeah. You know, what if what am I if not father to these kids? Right. You know what I well, mean? Well, not everybody thinks that way. No. And no, it's no. sort of astounding. Uh when it I uh, you know, uh, when I when I sort of think about it, like even like I don't have any kids cuz I I knew I was uh, too selfish and too panicky and you know, mm. and I never I, I, I don't it know might what have it changed was. you though. Might have become I know I, I I I hear that, you know. So I could tell you this, like before my son was born, I think he actually saved me in many ways. I think I was very capable of doing a lot of horrible things to myself and yeah. putting myself in a uh, situation that I should not have been in. But when it became- To what end? Uh, like, like, what are you talking uh, about? Go out and, you know, do whatever the fuck I want. Right. You know what I mean? But you uh, weren't self-destructive, really, were you? I wouldn't have thought about it that way, but I think I was open to all sorts of things oh, yeah. as a young person. But I, but Samari was born when I was 24. Right. And so always in the back of my head was, mm. if something happens to you, it will hurt these people over here. Yeah. But absent that, I mean, who knows what I would have done. Right. I almost because at that point, I didn't have regard for myself. <laughs> right. Like, I didn't have, I had much more regard for my son and my wife than I had for myself. But you didn't hate yourself. You were just disappointed or no, something. No, it's just like if I, you know, okay, whatever. I mean, it was just like they felt innocent to me. Yeah. In a way that I didn't feel innocent to myself. Right, right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like they, like they, you know, okay, well, whatever happens to you, that's cool, but you can't hurt them. I mean, right. they didn't ask for this. They yeah. didn't ask for you to, you know, go out and do whatever and end up in some sort of situation. So was it that you were like hard on yourself for not living up to something? or? Just... Yeah, that was a huge part of it. And I just didn't have much, um, I don't know. Yeah. I didn't have much regard. Yeah. 
for myself. I didn't think about, for instance, something bad happening to me in relation to me. It's only recently that I've started thinking like that. Like, yeah? Yeah. What do you mean? Like, I think about, like, what if something happened and oh, all right. the work that I want to, like, all the ideas I have in my head, I don't get to, you know, do them. Oh, oh. that'd be horrible. <laughs> right. But I didn't have any of that as a young person. Yeah, maybe you had less ideas. Well, I had the ideas, <laughs> but I didn't think I was going to get to do them anyway, so who cares? <laughs> you know? So, you know, I wonder what that is, though, you know? I mean, like, your 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 dad seems like he had his, you know, he was m- doing shit. Yeah, he was. And your mom? My mom was on How did your mom handle all those kids of different peoples? Uh, well, my mom, um, and it'd be interesting to think about why. My mom has a tremendous giving spirit. Yeah. And she just took it on. Folks came into the house and she just took it on. She took it had a deep, deep commitment to children Yeah, in general. And that, I think, is reflected in, you know, why she became a special ed teacher. Sure. You know, um, my mom also has this thing, and I don't know why, again, but for people who seem to be dismissed. Yeah. And my mom started a scholarship in her mother's name yeah. for C students at the school she's at now. Huh. Like, you gotta have a, st- you gotta be a C student. Like, to get the scholarship. <laughs> <laughs> Give the C students, yeah, yeah. give them a little something. Yeah, because people just... overlook C students because yeah. she's like, listen, you know, just because you gotta see, that don't mean, you know, you, you're you not, you know, filled with, you know, potential, you know, X, Y, and Z, you know, so the scholarship is for, so you have this thing for people who she feels like don't look good on paper or are dismissed or, yeah. you know what I mean, may not be X, Y, and Z or may uh-huh. not look like X, Y, and Z, you know, and she, she you know, I don't know what that is. I guess it probably reflects something in her own biography. But, but it's, not, it's not a bad thing. No, you, it's you, not a bad you, thing. You, it's just you, interesting you, to think. Shouldn't why. talk about it like a pathology. You no, know, like, no, no, oh, no. She just nice to everybody. <laughs> the hell is our problem? Wrong? <laughs> All these A students around. <laughs> <laughs> talk with these C students. Uh, that's pretty amazing. Yeah. But uh, so the yeah, yeah. So what were your comic books when you were a kid? Which oh, one? Oh man, I loved Spider Man and X Men. Yeah. Oh Jesus Christ. It's I like I read comic books for a little while like when I was much older and uh-huh. you know I I think you know I liked them for a couple of years but I didn't yeah. do it when I was a kid I yeah. did it later like uh-huh. I I liked the Swamp Thing and yeah. Hellblazer Sandman yeah. uh, was where I came into them yeah. was like Hellblazer well, I was those like, are I like mature them. comic books I know I know yeah, yeah, those, yeah, those yeah, are yeah. not for yeah I didn't read them as entertainment when I was a kid but I have yeah. a brain like yeah I, either you can lock in or you can't the yeah. comic books I yeah. don't know it's a weird mind that yeah, can yeah, do yeah, it yeah, 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 did yeah. you like because like when I read them like I I tend to just I move fast and there's so much art there but I'm still moving fast right like I don't notice the art as much as I should I don't know why that is huh. but like i read the narrative and it's all there it's all in yeah. front of me and i know it's going in but maybe but you are noticing it you are yeah but yeah, there's some of them you, you sort of like especially now you kind of like you, you want to stop and like holy yeah. shit man that's yeah, nice because yeah, 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 yeah. you're writing them now right I am. I am so that like on some level that must be the greatest thing in the world uh my inner 12 year old is like blown away <laughs> Just completely fucking blown away, you know. Yeah. Um, no, I I enjoy it. I mean, it's like Black Panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like playing with toys. Like, what well, now? Know, did you did they did you kind of uh, were you part of reinventing that character or pulling the character off the? No, I think he was pretty well reinvented by the time I got to him. Had, um, had he been running for decades? He had, he had, he, you know, I've been running since the sixties and this guy, Christopher Priest, uh, who's a great comic book writer had really made him like cool and yeah. hip. And, you know, so that by the time I got, I got to him, he was pretty well, yeah. you know, formed. If anything, I kind of felt like I wanted to go in the other way. Did you read him when you were a kid? 
Uh, no, because he didn't have an ongoing when I was a kid. Oh. You know, he just appeared in other people's stuff. So I saw him that way, you know, yeah. occasionally. But um, no, I, I wanted to go in the other way. Like, I felt like he had become basically Shaft. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he was just, you know, black dude who didn't take shit, you know, whip your ass, da 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 da. And I was yeah. more interested in his vulnerabilities. Yeah. And the, the, the chinks and the, you know, and the armor and, the, you know, et cetera. Yeah. You know, that, that sort of thing. Did you, were you able to do that? Mm hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, it um, it 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 has been um. I just love it. It's a ball. Right? Yeah, and I love it when the script is done and you can see it and it's all, you know, come together. Um, how many it, have you done up as of now? So, uh, I just literally finished my twenty fourth script, but uh, we probably are on number f- sixteen, I think, or seventeen. I can't, I can't uh-huh. remember in uh-huh. terms of what's out. Yeah. In terms of what I what I turned in, I just finished like my twenty fourth. So, what compelled you to like to to reassess the? You, you thought the character was too one dimensional, in a way, a stereotype, maybe. So here's the thing: um, there is a thing in comic books and in pop culture at uh-huh. large where black audiences feel like they want to see a black character who is the badass kicking the shit out of people right you know what i mean yeah you know because that comes against the backdrop of a lot of black characters being sort of passive and sidekicks and that and that sort of thing you know it's it's the black exploitation impulse right it's a strong desire to see that yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and i think like as a you know like i think different um like you probably can see a lot of this across the board in terms of ethnic communities i know you know the jewish community kind of you know has gone through this from time to time where you know we don't want to be portrayed like these you know accountant dweebs or, or yeah. whatever you know we want we got tough guys too yeah we, we got some jewish gangsters right exactly exactly that's exactly it though sure. that's exactly sure. it some you know? jewish uh, badasses right 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 and i know an asian american community has gone through that you know yeah. where this idea of male being you know sort of this wimp you know right the exact same sort of thing so i think Black Panther was sort of, at least as, you know, he had been written in the last 20 years, was very much a reaction. Well, that. Well, actually that. You know, hey, yeah. here's the badass dude that's going to yeah. tell you, you know, what the fuck is up. Yeah. But that's interesting and, you know, entertaining to read. Yeah. But I actually think that reaction deprives characters of their humanity. Uh-huh. Like, okay, what if we accepted... Yeah, all right, we got some badass, kick-ass people. Right. You know, yes, we can do that. Yeah. And then we proceeded from there. In other words, not having to prove something to ourselves. Right. Not having to model anything. Not having to say, hey, we got Jewish gangsters. Yeah. Like, we just said, yeah, yeah okay, all right, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. true. Now, what's interesting? Right. You know, and this became interesting. The badassness became the floor as opposed to the goal. Right. You know, and then yeah. I, I just felt like that opened me up to, to being able to ask all sorts of other questions. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, so like, how would this guy handle an emotional situation? Yeah, well, I mean... Or like a, a personally challenging Yeah, situation? I mean, what I think about comic books is what you do when you start writing is you go and you read all the, the back issues and you get insight. And I guess actors do the same thing, right? Like, you try to get insight. Like, you take a part in a movie, you yeah. try to get, you know, your particular insight into this character. And the insight I found was, okay, this guy was king of the, you know, this mythical, perfect African kingdom. Yeah. But he was always going off to like fight with the Avengers and do all the sorts of shit that didn't kings want, cannot didn't to, do. Didn't want to stay home. There you go. That's exactly <laughs> it. And he had never dated a woman from his home country. Uh huh. You know what I mean? And so it came upon me that <laughs> what's this, he avoiding? Right. What's he avoiding? <laughs> maybe he don't like being king. Actually. Yeah, uh-huh. You know what I mean? Right. Like maybe he actually does not enjoy. And that became interesting to me. Like 
Maybe he feels a responsibility to be king, but if he had his druthers, this was not what he would be doing. Uh-huh. You know, he would be shooting across the universe doing X, Y, and Z. Uh-huh. Dada. He wouldn't be here. You know, being a king is fucking boring. I mean, you got all these reports you got to sift through and uh-huh. you got to, you know, deal with your ministers. And yeah. I mean, come on, this guy's a, a superhero. Responsibility. He's right. a superhero. Right. Yeah, he's a superhero. <laughs> you know, he wants to say to the world, sit here and look at your economic reports. Yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't want to do that. Yeah. Does his kingdom know that he's a superhero? They do, but those two things are always in conflict. Right. They're, they're always in conflict because it, he's not here. There are yeah. coups that are always, you know, in the comic book, like there are coups that happen because he's not, he's not there. Yeah. You know, um, there's always trouble in the but kingdom. But is he not allowed to lose his, use his superhero-ness in his kingdom? He is allowed to use his superhero-ness in his kingdom, but uh, like if you're a king, yeah, your loyalty, if you're a king and the only thing that allows you, that if your source of your power is only, I will beat the shit out of you. Yeah. You actually are a weak king. Right. Like you have to have sources of legitimacy sure. that are beyond, <laughs> right. you know what I mean? You know, right. just strength, yeah, right? You'll be just a strong man. Right. And then you're just a strong man. That's yeah. exactly it. Yeah. It was actually a weak, a weak form of government. So it isn't even so much that he couldn't use his superhero power. It's that how does he inspire loyalty? Uh-huh. If he's just an asshole or a bad... Or, or, or if he doesn't like being king. Uh, like how does yeah. he inspire loyalty to the throne if he doesn't like being king? Right. You know, so these were the thoughts. These were the thoughts. Yeah. And that would be the struggle. Yeah. That would be the struggle. Well, <laughs> you see anything in, in your own life that's like that? <laughs> see, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so I started writing Black Panther. Yep. Right about the time Between the World and Me came out. Yeah. And it was right about the time that. I began to feel like people were putting a crown on me. Yeah. And also with those expectations. Yes. Uh-huh. Yes, yes. That I was not interested in. And I wouldn't say the occupation of a writer is like a superhero. Yeah. But you get to travel quite a bit. You get to ask interesting questions. Uh-huh. You get to meet all sorts of people. Uh-huh. Um, it's independent. You decide what's interesting to you. People don't tell you what you should be doing. And increasingly, there was a public presence that was saying, you should be doing this. You should be looking at this. You should be able to answer this. And it would be shit that I had no idea about. And sometimes no interest in it all. So like, uh, so you became like, w- w- what is the world of those questions? The world of the questions of race? Like, uh, that, you know, no. <laughs> that they wanted you to become an authority on on dealing with yeah that probably was the most troublesome aspect of it but interesting enough not even not even limited to that yeah like what else not even limited to that (laughs) like Tanahasi, you lived for you you know you're very interested in french and france can you give us some perspective on the politics of that country (laughs) you know and so you would say yes you should be able to do that because you're interested in it you lived there you know for for a period of time but in fact no like i've lived in the united states for 40 years I've been yeah. asking myself th- these questions about American politics since, you know, I was in middle school. Yeah. So, no, I can't give insight on France like that. Yeah. I can't. Yeah. yeah. I just I just can't. You yeah. know what I mean? Um, it's out of your wheelhouse. Way out of my... It's just something I'm interested in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just yeah. something... Right. Like, almost... Because I, re- I read the book, and, like, I think that's when we... I, I was, We first started, like, or we talked on Twitter... Mm-hmm. Because after that book, you went to France. I don't know what the timeline is, but I know that we were we were talking about doing this. Right. But you were you were going to France. But when I read the book, I for me, 
Uh, that book, because of the poetics of it, and because of the uh, the emotion of it, and the connectivity to you know yourself, and you know your experience and the thoughts and actions behind it. Like I, I experienced something. Like it, it opened my mind. Hmm. Right. Hmm. So you know, but in in the sense that like it was a personal story, and I there was there were, when I was reading, I was like, oh man, I never thought about that. What? It, hmm. it, but I have an empathy deficit sometimes hmm. because I'm a selfish person. Hmm. Hmm. So like it's not just about like I talked about this the other day in relation to women too. It's that mm-hmm. when you're selfish or self-involved, mm-hmm. you know, you seem that you don't have you, you seem to be one of these people that naturally maybe because of your mom. No, 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 no. I, I I think that it is very I think you can have a kind of declarative sympathy. Yeah. But I actually think one of the great things that art and journalism do is they can put you there right so take this post weinstein moment we're in right now yeah if you had said to me sexual harassment is a huge problem in the workplace i would have agreed with i was no yeah that's probably you know, mm-hmm. woman said, yeah that's probably true and i'm not i'm not like ah that's not a problem right i didn't know it was like this right I, I like i didn't like you when when you read this no this is what actually happened these right. are the stories this dude held me down and did x y and z I was just trying to, you know, go to work and this dude was telling me I should be wearing tight dresses. Yeah. Like that. Then it's like, oh. Yeah. Oh. Like sexual harassment is almost like a euphemism for what you're actually, I didn't have that. Expected to to put up with. Right. I didn't, I can't say I had that, that sort of, you know, no matter how. That sensitivity to it. No. Right. No, no. And how can you? Right. How can you? How well, that's can you? well. That's how I felt when when I read your book about just the simple elements of mm-hmm. the black experience. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just mm-hmm. like going on an elevator, right? right. Whatever, like. Right. And of course, it makes sense. And right. why wouldn't I have thought that? Well, why would I have? But why would you have? Why would you have? Why? Why would anyone? Right. Why would anyone? Unless you're in it and forced to think about it in a, in a in a particular deep way, um, you can't. I mean, you can't, you know, and that, as I said, you know, the past month has really, really clarified that because, you know, when the book came out, I would like get frustrated, you know, uh, to some extent, you know, with um, the way masses of white people read the book. Mm -hmm. Um, Which is, if you're generalizing, how? Yeah, like, oh, you're going to interpret this experience for me. Um, And then, you know, what I really realized, again, over the past month is, no, somebody does, like, you do need interpreters. You do. That's a valuable role because there are people who will never live in the world that you're living in, ever. Right. And what would you have them, like, not know at all? Like, yeah. Is that what you want? Do you right. want them to be completely ignorant of that? I mean, right. what, what, like, what, what are you, what are you asking for here? So you, you're accepting the role of, uh, as a, of, of interpreter uh, to some degree? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> what what is writing if you're not though? I guess I mean, so, you, you, I mean, even for other black people, you're interpreting. I no, mean, absolutely. It, but are. I guess, but I, I guess the, the thing is, is that you're already doing that. But but it, because of the nature of the conversation about race, you're put in a position. Oh, right? Ugh. What is it happening? Am I doing something? No, bad? it just grates on me thinking about it. But I mean, I, you are following the natural logic of what I just said. That that you don't want that. You know, you did the work. 
Now you do your part. That's what I want. You do go over there. <laughs> yeah, go over there. Leave me alone. You got the book. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're fine. Go, Get out of here. Work on Get it. Get out of here. I mean, imagine like you do your 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 stand up, right? Yeah. And you really like you like you 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 love your stand. Yeah. It's not like you're you're proud of it. Yeah, yeah. You're proud yeah, of yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Like people, Most of the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, let's take let's take one. I don't know particular, you know, toy you do or one particular act. The last special night. I did, the last special I did, I liked. It's okay. the best thing I did. Okay. Yeah. What if people repeatedly came to you <laughs> and asked you to explain it <laughs> and talk about it, and you know what I mean? Like you had to constantly have to discuss it and open it up, yeah. tell people what it meant, yeah, what they should get from sure. it, sure, I, how well, they I, should yeah. watch it. Well, the, but that, but that, but but that's that's the that that's because you've been chosen as a representative. Yeah, see, I, I don't want to do that. Yeah, I, I know. I, don't I mean, the shit should do that. The shit should <laughs> it should speak for itself. Right. It's like you, I, right. you could answer all questions with, "Did you read the book?" Right, 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 right. I already, I said it. I right, did. It. It's right, all in there. Right, right, right. But um, for me, in terms of what I've chosen to write about, whether I like it or not, that's probably not entirely fair. Yeah, that's probably not entirely to have fair. the disposition you have. No, because some of these folks are coming this the first time in their lives. Yeah, and it means something to them, and they, you know, in terms of understanding. Yeah, I yeah. mean, and I'm just trying to, you know, of course, you have folks who are insincere, who are just, you know, sort of signaling to each other. Yeah, but I think like a cynical. I think it's like cynical to say that that's you know most of the fun. I think you have to, you know, if somebody comes to you and says this is a genuine thing I'm feeling, then you have to accept it and say okay, all right. And here's the other piece of it. This I knew. But it's worth saying again, most writers would kill for an audience. Yeah. You know what I mean? Most right. writing is completely fucking forgotten. Yeah. So you got to be really careful about complaining of the fact that large numbers of people are reading what you do or seeing what you do. Like You got you to gotta always ask yourself. You say, okay, that's a problem. But do you want the other problem? Yeah. You know, because life's a problem. Life right. is always a problem. Right. You know, and you need to be clear about the problems you want and the problems you don't want right but i i right and, and as a writer you're doing well and it's nice to have an audience but it, it, it is sort of like the thing that's kind of mind-blowing that I, I i think that that i don't want to accept and that uh <laughs> that that i think most people entitled people don't want mm. to accept is that is that moment like you had with the with Stephen Colbert where it's like <laughs> yeah, 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 right. you look right. what did you say you looking to me for hope yeah I'm, why are you talking to me go talk to your pastor man look at me I mean sir and I mean that what are you talking to me for <laughs> I can't give you hope I mean in that way but see in that way I do like I see myself kind of as an artist and I don't mean that in a pretentious sort of way I see journalism or the kind of journalism I do in that sort of way in the sense that you know folks who write in this long form way they're thinking about presentation yeah. and moving things around they're trying to affect emotion da 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 how much of that shit do I read that's hopeful to me right how much of the art that I love how much of what of anything has influenced me what I describe as inspiring hope yeah very little <laughs> very little <laughs> I mean I, I would describe it as illuminating sure you know, enlightening. Right. right. You know what I mean? Right. Um, but hope is not a word that I would use for much of what I've consumed. And so Do you see a reason is it, is that because I don't I don't I don't look for hope in much of anything. I I do look for relief occasionally. Right. Uh and I do look to have my mind blown. Yes. But I look uh, for that. I look yeah. for that. But truth is relieving to me. Yeah, truth. Like right. truth is right. even if it's not everything's gonna be okay, it's like okay, yeah. at least I know now. 
<laughs> now I know. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm happy to know. Well, it's like that thing you said about like I did. Uh, I think we, I was talking to somebody, my producer, about uh, uh, when James Baldwin saying that you should be aware that failure is a distinct possibility. It is. It is, and you should be, and and you got to keep that. <laughs> Like you gotta, you gotta really, really, you know, keep that, you know, high in your mind. It's so and funny that the 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 sort of American narrative. That's right. You know, the, right. even the Hollywood narrative, the right. happy ending. Right. And like, I find myself, you know, even you know, despite my own intelligence, realizing that like this is, you know, because you, you want relief, man. Right. You want relief. What something's got to give. Yeah. And then you realize, like, eh, maybe right. not. No, maybe not. And maybe this is life. And then you have to, you know, I think your job as any sort of writer, artist, journalist, whatever, is then, to, you know, try to make something of what's there. Mm-hmm. And that's the kind of place I'm in, you know, yeah. um, or where. But I don't, again, see myself as that different, you know. Um, is it live at the Sunset Strip yeah. that Richard Pryor talks about burning himself yeah. up and all that? Right. I love that piece, man. It's the best. Oh my god! Yeah, does it make me hopeful? Yeah. No. Do I watch that and feel <laughs> now everything's gonna be okay, or do I feel like there is something about humanity that's being revealed uh-huh. that I'm seeing something I have not seen before? Uh huh. Yeah, he was good at that. You know. Yeah. And th- that's what I want to do. Yeah. See, that's what I want to do. You know, I want to show some aspect of humanity that maybe has not. You know, Ben, and that might be something really dark. Right, but I, th- I think you, know? you do do that. I mean, you know, I've only read a couple of the essays in the new book, but after reading that the the last book, mm-hmm. that what you, you know, what I think Pryor also balanced was, you know, an amazing sense of, of community mm-hmm. and and acceptance, mm-hmm. right, in within that community, mm-hmm. and then also his own crazy shit. Yeah. So, like, you know, he was this kind of, like, disaster. Right. Moving through a world that somehow took care of him. Right. You, right. you know, and it was a black world, right? Right. For, right. for most of the time, right, 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 right. So you know, you you got this amazing balance of of darkness and 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 at least consistency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a right. sort of elevation of of the human spirit, right, right, right. right. Which isn't hope, right? It's that's the humanity you're right. talking about, right? Exactly, exactly. And oftentimes, I think, um, like what I'm being asked to do is read a bedtime story to somebody or. You know, again, going back to this because it's the, it's the closest the thing. You make it, you're asked to you're probably being asked to make white people feel better. Yes, and you know what? Again, I've become more sympathetic toward that impulse. Like, again, in this last month, reading this stuff, I find myself like thinking, not even like, well, what have I done that's that bad? But I find myself wanting to distinguish myself. Like, not all men, literally, not all men. Yeah, I mean, I ain't done no shit like that. Like, I found myself. You know what I mean? And I, I had actually a conversation with a, you know a couple of male friends about this. We're feeling the same way, and you know realizing because of what had happened with me that the last thing you want to do is call up any woman you know and say, "Please say I'm not like that. Please offer me absolution." Yeah, you know, which is what I get a lot of. Right. You know, uh, you know, I get a lot of people. You know, come to me. White people are so fucked up. White people are so saying things that like I don't even say. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because they want to. Right. They read it and they feel. Like horrible about it. These are white people saying that. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And they want to, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> right. distance. Like I don't want any part of this, man. Can I get out of this, please? I don't want anything to do with this. <laughs> what, what do you say? Like, <laughs> nope. <You're... laughs> no, I just listen. 
I just listen because if I get married, you can't get out of it anymore. That I can get out of you know what I'm in anymore. I can get out of you know being a part of you know men and you know the shit that yeah. men have done. Like you can't get out of it. You're yeah. connected to it. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. too, anytime there's a group with power. Uh huh. You know what I mean? Yeah. You, you you usually do not have the ability to individually extract yourself. You know, from from all of that. Yeah, well, that's what when, when you came in, I think that's why I started telling you I wanted to do. Yeah, right. Like, like you wanted wanna to get leave. out. Right. Yeah, you want to get out. I want to get out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I mean, out. Right. Right. <laughs> like what? Become a fisherman or something? Yeah. Or some, yeah, I know. You got, I know that impulse, <laughs> man. Wait, what, I, what's I your job is. out there on the off the grid land? I want to, and I've always wanted to be a taxi driver. Yeah. Yeah. You could probably do that. I don't think I could. My wife stopped me from doing it when I had no money. She wouldn't let me do it even then. Oh, yeah? Yeah. What, because it wasn't safe? Yeah, that's exactly it. Uh She's like, it's not safe. What what is it about taxi driving that's uh, compelling? So when I first came to New York, the one job I had, the consistent money I had was I I delivered food. And I liked it. I didn't, like, I would pick up the food and then I would have to, you know, and it would be like for these, like, corporate clients. Uh I, I would pick it up from this deli and then deliver it. And you all, were a middleman? Yeah, basically. Yeah. But my only responsibility was to get it there at a particular time. Yeah. I didn't care how I did it. I didn't care what I did it in, did in between. Right. It was like over my shoulder. You know what I mean? <laughs> I would cut on sports radio and I would be in my own zone. Uh-huh. And I, was, I just had to get, get the stuff there. Yeah. And it felt so free. Yeah. You know what I mean? Weirdly yeah. enough. Like, yeah. it just felt free. It's a simple task. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it wasn't like, fill out this form, do this, do that. No, no, no. Just, can you just get this here? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was talking to a guy yesterday, another comic, about when I started out, when you start out, and all you're doing is, you know, just thinking about that joke. Yeah. You know, you got that thing, you know, you got to set it, mm-hmm. you know, 10 at night mm-hmm. for 10 minutes, mm-hmm. and the rest of the day is like... It's yours, man. Yeah. You know, think yeah. about that joke yeah. and walk around. Yeah. But the truth of the matter is I probably prefer my life right now. <laughs> no, your life is good. <laughs> so what are you doing uh, out here? Uh, writing. I wanted to um, just be away. Oh, really? And you wanted to feel the, the, the Southern California thing? No. I um, This summer, uh, when I had to do um, the last essay in the book, uh, this essay, The First White President, I was... Somewhere away and um, like far, far away, far from New York, not here, but far, far away. And it was. Um, you don't want to say where you I, were? I don't want to say where All I right. was. <laughs> My wife told me not to say where I was. I mean, I'll tell you once the end of okay. <laughs> But uh, you went there to write that? I went there on vacation, actually, oh. and I was with, you know, some friends and they would go swim in the morning and yeah. then they would go swim in the evening. And I would write through the morning until the afternoon and I would go swim with them you know in the afternoon the evening and you must have been a wreck man it was the healthiest time <laughs> oh yeah I was like this is supposed to be my life ah uh, like this is what's supposed to be like I feel so natural yeah like I just feel natural yeah here uh huh and I wanted to you know I couldn't reproduce that exactly but I wanted to get as close as I could to that uh huh you know um and I just I wanted to clear my head. I wanted to clear everything. So you're down, yeah. You know, you're down on on the beach. So how's is it working? Is it? Well, it's only been two days, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. So far, yeah. And you know, the thing about out here is, I mean, it's a. I don't want to insult anybody, but um, they can take it. Let's just say authors do not have the same level of profile here that they do in, say, New York. <laughs> um, just another guy. Right. And that's fine with me. Yeah, That's good. so fucking fine with me. <laughs> yeah, you know you're a I mean? star in New York? 
Well, I tell you, what, I, was a ca- I wouldn't say all of that, but what I would say is there's a cafe where I wrote almost all of my books where I've been writing since 2004. In Brooklyn? In uh, actually uh, uh, Uptown in uh, Morningside Heights. Uh-huh. I have been back there, but I should expect to get interrupted if I go there. Right. You can't. Yeah, yeah you can't I, work. I should expect that. I should expect that that's what's going to happen. That comes with it. Yeah, it does. It yeah. does. That's not going to happen here. No, no. no. Good. <laughs> no You're no, free no. here. You're no free amongst everybody. No yeah, one yeah, gives yeah. a fuck, man. So how was France? You were in France for a year? I was. Now, what is your relationship with James Baldwin? I mean, in terms of, yeah. of legacy, in terms of inspiration, in terms of, of being compared to him? Because, uh, you know, I had Ra- Raul Peck in here. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I watched that documentary. And I, mm-hmm. again, it was you know, something I did not know mm-hmm. about. And the levels at which his brain operated on uh, James Baldwin. God, you must be learning so much at this period in your life. Yeah. Is that all right? Or that's you, great. Or is that a, another no, way of calling envy. Is that a way of you saying like, where you been? Bullshit. <laughs> no, bullshit. It's yeah. envy because like, I feel like, like maybe there was a point in your life where you're giving. I mean, and you, I guess you're still doing this because you're performing. Yeah. But performing is so much yeah. out, 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 yeah. out. But this is in. Like you must no, yeah, be yeah. taken in so much. I do. And I, I listen to people. And I've always taken things in, but it's always been fragmented and not very disciplined, right? It should, it's like a job now. It's a craft. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. That it, well, is awesome. But to, to sort of be introduced to him and then to talk to Raul about him and then to, to realize that the, the depth of that intellect and that type of intellectual, right. and he was a public intellectual. He was. That when there were public intellectuals right. that could do the Johnny Carson show. Right. Right? right, or the Dick Cavett show, right, and that was and and have these compa- or, or uh, William F. Buckley, right, uh, that that I don't know what part of culture operated at those levels or right. took that in, but but they were they were mainstream, right, and something went away, right, you know that whole you know ur- urban intellectual seventies, right, so like I was blown away by his thoughts and and disturbed and uh, you, you know enlightened but as somebody who gets compared to him or or seems to be somewhat in the same type of cultural criticism mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know what do you find your relationship to him is well i mean i've been reading paul since i was in college um he is i mean my favorite american essayist mm-hmm. uh, beautiful that thing when we were talking about voice earlier yeah i mean i was aiming for i actually at that point i wasn't aiming for him but that mix of like poetry and history and actually journalism although this gets looked over he does you know quite a bit he you know there's reporting all, all through say the fire next time you know in fact the last scene is a the you know pivotal scene is actually just a, a work of journalism um he's the god yeah i mean he's a god i mean he will have the longest sentences in the world but you'll be able to follow them yeah and it'll just be like a wave you know what i mean just yeah. sort of underlying flowing yeah and it's yeah. beautiful and it'll leave you feeling like i said see when i think about ball i think about his ability to make me feel yeah you know really really make me feel to get to it and you know when i was simply when i was working on between the world and me but even before that but specifically for between the world and me that was what I was aiming for. Yeah. You know, I wanted to do what he did. So any sort of craft-based comparison, which I think is actually the correct comparison, uh-huh. um, I take his high praise. I, you know, I take his high praise. There's no point in me running, you know, from that. It's right. true. I yeah. mean, I, I model myself after. I, I read it. And we all need people that we model ourselves after. And for me, you know, in terms of my writing, you know, um, he's the one. Yeah. 
you know, he's yeah. the one. Oh, yeah. I, you know? I, I, yeah, I could see it. Yeah, and it's like, you know what's amazing about him as a public personality? You know, he could, the way he could articulate thoughts and mm -hmm. then move away from them. That's right. And then come back around. That's exactly like, it. Holy shit. That's exactly. And hold the thread. <laughs> right. Like, How hold the thread. Like, he's okay. He's okay. He, you know, he may be over here for a second, but he knows where he's going. <laughs> Yeah. And if you ever try to do that as a writer, you can find how quickly you will become lost yourself. Uh, right. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But you're right. He will hold a thread and it would be elegant. Unbelievable. Like, elegant. Like somebody dancing yeah. all, all the way through. No. And it's not just me, man. I, you know, I think uh, any, you know, essayist, anybody that writes essays in this period who is not thinking of him, um, you're missing out. Um, I don't know any, you know, black essays who are not somehow, you know, thinking of him. I mean, it's like a basketball player saying, "Well, I never thought of Michael Jordan." Right. I model myself at the mic. You know, come on, you're crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm crazy. doing. I'm doing my own thing. No, you're not. <laughs> <laughs> you're not. You know, none of us who are in that tradition are doing doing our own thing. You know. And what was the time in France like? I mean, it, it was great. I mean, people often make the ball and connection there, but that. Unless there was something subconscious going on, there, I haven't teased out yet. That was actually my wife. My wife loves Paris. Uh huh. Um, Where's she from? Uh, she's from uh, Chicago by way of Tennessee, actually. Mm -hmm. uh, but she. Um, What's she do? She's a med student. Oh, good. She's a second year med student. Right oh, now. really? Yeah. Oh, that's hard, huh? So you're full on dad responsibilities again. Well, no, the kid's 17. So no, oh, not like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Not you only like, got the one? You only got the one, too. It yeah. was even once she decided that she wanted to, you know, make a career change. Um, That was the second kid right there. Wow. What what kind of doctor is she thinking about being? She's not sure. She went in thinking ob but yeah. she goes every which way right now. Yeah, well, it's, which a, way. it's so, a prerogative, right? It is. It is. And we'll see where it ends up. But she... um had this adoration for Paris and uh -huh. she went for her 30th birthday and she wanted me to go with her but I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm gonna go to Paris for. What's in Paris? I mean, this is how I thought, yeah. right? I wasn't well-traveled at all at that point. I didn't have an adult passport. What the fuck am I gonna go to Paris for? Yeah. What's in Paris? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. She came back and she was like, you really should go. You really, really should go. Um, and I tend to regard her opinion about me, you know, rather highly. So I can't see why I should go, but if she says I should, it's probably correct. Okay, she well, at least uh, you know you know you know she understands you. Yeah, right. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, and so you know I you know shortly after that, well, a little while after I began yeah. you know studying French and my, you know we'd always wanted to you know our kid to have you know to be bilingual and so my son started, and the only real way to get it is to you know live a year over there. Yeah, you know, like to actually you know immerse yourself in it. And so it was really your that. choice. You wanted to do something. I did. Yeah, I did. I did, and I wanted it for him before uh -huh. he left the house. I wanted him to have lived. How old was he? Uh, so he went 15? over fourteen when we left. Uh -huh. well, fifteen. Fifteen when we left. Did he dig it? Uh, not for the first three months, and then he didn't want to leave. That's part of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was uh one of these situations. So we got over. He was supposed to be in his bilingual school, and when we got there, in fact, it was not bilingual. It was just French. Uh huh. And he took the train there by himself, took the subway, came home, and was absolutely horrified, was scared out of his, you know, mind. I looked at him. I said, listen to me. In about three months, you're going to be thankful that no one's speaking English there. You're going to be like, this is nothing to me. I'm so glad I did this. Because that's how you build confidence. Sure. You know? Like, you have to have, yeah. you gotta have those fearful moments. Like you oh, gotta, yeah. And him being in such a different situation than I was as a child, I've had to intentionally create fearful moments. <laughs> You know, not dangerous moments, yeah. not physically dead, but fearful moments so that, you know, he's always pushing. Yeah. You know, pushing himself and, you know, like developing So you just mildly scared the shit out of your kid his entire life. I think you got to, man. <laughs> if you ain't scared, I mean, if you're not 
ha- if you don't have that in your own life, you're yeah. not. I don't like. I feel like that's living. Sure. No. Yeah. That's living. It's you know? good to be a little nervous. On the edge. Right on the edge. <laughs> sure, man. Know? Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm. I'm about done with it, but uh, <laughs> I can't. I can't seem to get rid of it now. Yeah, I can't yeah, seem yeah. to get rid of that edge. Yeah. So he learned the French. He's pretty good. Yeah, he's pretty good. And yeah. he had a good time. He ate good food. He did. He ate good food. We all you, ate good food. And you did some writing over there. Did some writing over there. Yeah. Yeah. What are you working on here? What are you writing? Another book? I you am. just finished a book. I did. I did. But that was a lot of essays. It was a lot of essays, and it was mostly written. Um, and then I, I wrote about half of it. And I have this novel that I've been working on. No since shit. Two thousand and actually, since I finished the first book, since the fantasy novel, sort of. <laughs> Yeah? Yeah, sort of. Is it funny? Uh, Not very. <laughs> not very. So where, how far into it are you? Uh, well, I already wrote a draft of it, so I'm, I'm rewriting right now. Oh, did you give it to Christopher for for notes? Uh, He has seen parts of it for notes. He had yeah. to see parts of it before I, they gave me a contract for it, so. Uh-huh. Yeah. And they signed off on it. They did. They did it remarkably. I couldn't believe it. Oh, I, I, remember, I know it. Well, that's good. I'm glad that you're, gonna, you're trying something new. But when you teach, because I know you teach a bit, uh, mm-hmm. when you teach journalism in mm-hmm. terms of you know where we're, because it seems like right now, uh, you know, real journalism is definitely cranking. It is. I mean, you know, right alongside of you know shitty journalism. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. But it has a muse in Donald Trump. That's right. <laughs> yeah. It, it woke it up. Right. Woke it the fuck up. Right. And now more people are sort of like, what, what's what's happening? Yeah. So when you teach journalism with such that urgency, what? How do you? How are you different in how you teach it? So I'm mostly, uh, you know, so right now I'm teaching at the J School and um at NYU. Yeah. Um, before that I was at uh, CUNY and uh-huh. MIT. Before that, and I actually focus on writing. Uh huh. I focus on writing because uh, the kids I get I'm gonna have uh, NYU mostly have reporting experience already. Oh, so they got the basics: who, what, when, where, why. There you go. Who, what, when, where, why? Is that it? That's it. That's right. it. Don't ask me because I didn't take. I actually took no journalism courses. I know. I love that. That you 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 dropped out of college. You're teaching college. Yeah, I always yeah, like yeah. that story. Yeah. yeah so no, so I that's am. how that story. That's how it ended up. That's, that's how, how it ended they, up. They, they, the unprecedented, uh, you know, kid from your neighborhood who drops out of college <laughs> is now teaching at college. <laughs> but yeah, no. So I um I, I try to I try to teach them like Baldwin taught me. Yeah. You know, um, I try to teach them to try to, you know, write with intent, to write with aggression, with ferocity, uh, on edge, mm-hmm. you know, uh, in, a, in a really, really active way. Because I think, like, you know, the reporting and the research is the assembly of the information, but you really, it really helps to know how to convey it mm-hmm. in a way that people feel it. And who you do know? you have them read other than Baldwin? Oh, God, I just finished the syllabus the other day. Yeah. Oh, don't start me lying. Um, do you know I start off with poetry? Yeah, well, you have a deep relationship with poetry. Yeah, I start out with poetry because well, I want them to understand the efficiency of sentences and the efficiency of words. Which, which, who's your poet? Uh, Robert Hayden is on there. Carolyn uh-huh. Fauché is on there. Um, Mary Baraka is on there. Uh, and then, you know, we by the second week, we've actually moved into articles. Um, I have them read my colleague, James, uh, James Fallows. Uh-huh. Uh Caitlin Flanagan, who's at the Atlantic, I have them read um, the great Elizabeth uh, Colbert. Yeah, a little bit of um, Ian Parker, um, George Orwell. Orwell, yeah, Orwell. But I don't have them read nineteen. I had them read uh, politics in the English language. Um, so oh, that's got a great. Good selection. No Hunter S. Selection. Thompson. No, you know I've never read Hunter Thompson. Do you know that? 
Yeah, that's all right. No, nah, maybe it's not. You know, maybe I should. <laughs> I mean, he's so influential. You know what I mean? There's so many people who, you know. He could turn a phrase that. and he was funny. Could he really? Sure. Okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the, I've uh, heard of that guy. <laughs> I would say like, you know, some people would do the, I just, I, you know, I, I, you know, he's a, a certain type of journalist, mm-hmm. but in terms of writing mm-hmm. with ferocity, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, fear and loathing on the campaign trail. Right. And, uh, you know, the book of essays, the generation of swine in the eighties, right. it's good. Else. It's, it's, it's funny. Okay. I mean, and it's, you know, and it's solid okay. and it makes you go like, oh yeah, fuck yeah. Yeah. But, uh, maybe not you, but me. Now, what did you learn from, you know, from David Carr when he, uh, <laughs> Like, uh, cause he gave you the first gig. Y'all right? never crossed paths, did you? No, I I missed him. Uh, he would have liked you. Yeah, he liked you a lot. Um, he was a heavy cat. Yeah, and he likes, and I think because this was his life, he likes people who get the light later. Yeah, <laughs> he yeah. always liked that. He was another guy who liked C students. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> the underdog. Yeah, he loved that. Uh, everything. I learned yeah. everything from David. Yeah, I learned everything from David. I had the great fortune of um meeting David Carr before he was David Carr, before he was, you know, at the New York Times, um, as recovering alcoholic, recovering drug addict. Where'd you meet him? Uh, in Washington, D.C., where he was editing uh, an alternative paper, the Washington City paper. Yeah. And I was 20 years old, and I would read the city paper, and they would do these long articles that had the kind of creative mix that we started talking about at the beginning. Yeah. Um, and I thought I wanted to do something like that. And I sent in an application to, to intern at the Washington City Paper, and he brought me in. I had never, ever, like, this is my first real contact with any amount of white people in mass. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so it was like a different world. Yeah. Like, it was a totally, totally different world. You know, um, it yeah. wasn't traumatic. You know, right. like, I didn't have bad shit happen. No, they, 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 were, they were of the same species. They were of the same species, as it turned out. <laughs> This is what I've been told. Yeah. In fact, they are. In fact, they are. Yeah. And, you know, and David, uh, but, you know, I have to say, like, the, the racial thing was big, actually. But if I'm honest, it was big for me. Because I think, like, having not, like, there are two like, different, different kinds of black people. Mm-hmm. There are those who grow up around white people and have something traumatic happen to them. And then they, you know, just feel, you know what I mean, a certain type of way about that. And then there are those who don't grow around white people and just have, have no idea what to expect. Yeah. Just have no fucking idea. But know the history and they're like, man, these You've heard things. You've heard, yeah. I've heard things. <laughs> That's exactly it. You've heard things. And that's always in the back of your head what you saw. Yeah. It took like a couple of years for my guard to drop. Uh-huh. You know, and even one of the sad things about David dying is... I felt like it was not until, so he passed in, I think it was 15. He passed in 15, early 15. And I don't think I really got to the space where I could really accept him, accept him, and the kind of love he was trying to give until yeah. like 2008 or so. So it's like oh, really? the last part of our friendship. Wow. You know, where I was much more open to him. Right. But you still, he still mentored you despite the fact that you couldn't oh, yeah. be open to him. To oh, him. yeah, yeah. And I wasn't like I was an asshole to Right, him. right, right. You know what I mean? But right, I yeah. didn't, I didn't, I wasn't, you know, and I was so much, I don't know if you've ever had friendships like this where you're filled with your own insecurities. Yeah. And you see <laughs> the person through that. Yeah, of course. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? And so you can't really see. Yeah, I was out one time with him and this meant the world to me. He used to call me up when I wasn't doing shit. Now, yeah. that first year in New York, he would take me to these fancy restaurants in Manhattan and I would think, you know, in my insecure way. What and he was at the Times then? Yeah, at the Times. Yeah. 
I think, what in the hell yeah. does this dude want to do with me? Yeah. You know what I mean? This yeah. white dude is in, you know, New York doing X, Y, and Z. I'm over here losing. What does he want to do with me? <laughs> you know, I, I, could, I didn't have enough to say. Maybe he just likes me. Yeah, yeah. Like, I didn't have that. Like, right. you know, people like each other. Yeah, right, right. And this is a thing they do for people they like. Yeah, they go out to dinner they and talk. They go out to dinner and talk. Yeah. And he would, you know, take me. And one time he took, and I, I my dad and my relationship with my dad had changed at that point. Because my son had been born and my dad was very, very giving towards me. Whereas before I perceived him as being really hard, uh-huh. he had changed. He was yeah. like full of sympathy and compassion. And I said, Jesse, I can't understand why my dad keeps giving. Like, I don't I don't understand. Like I, I'm clearly doing nothing over here. You know? And he said to me, he said, no, I, I think you're a good bet. A good bet? Yeah, so he told me, he said, I think you're a good bet. <laughs> And if anything kills me, is that like he didn't get to see all of this? No, I mean yeah. he saw some of it, but he didn't get to see. Yeah, all of you it. really come into your own. Yeah, no. Yeah. Um, but you need people to say shit like that to you when you're down. Yeah, you know that meant the world. That's great. Yeah. Do you still uh, are you still in touch with the the uh, last president? I have not spoken uh, with him. Since I interviewed him, which I guess is about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you think yeah. you guys are okay? I think we're okay. <laughs> yeah, I think <laughs> I do know that. I mean, I know we're okay. I've heard from other people. I, I know. I know we're okay. I know we're, we're okay. You're a little hard on him here and there. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know what? He uh, is a sort of person that likes the back and forth. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I think he. Um, I don't want to say he liked it. Yeah. But he enjoys a, a tangle in, in exchange. You, you like know? the debate. He does like the debate. He's a thinker. He's a thinker. That's he right. Is. He is. All right, man. So uh, there's no uh, no hope necessarily, but I think we had a good conversation. <laughs> we did. We did. We did. A lot nice of inspiration. Yeah, man. Thanks so much, Mark. Okay. I thought that was a great conversation. It was great talking to that guy. Nice meeting him. I'd like to talk to him again. Hey, I should I should lay down a riff. I can do it. I can do it. I can lay down a riff. I just I want y'all to know that this is about the 90th take on this. I'm like, fingers are stiff. I'm not hitting it. And like I, you think I was like you think I give a shit. <laughs> What a mess. Boomer lives. Oh, man. Just fingers are cramping up. The strings are dead. I couldn't, couldn't wrap my... Oh, man. Boomer lives. <laughs>